Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk. The internet is full of half-truths and all-out lies. We've all seen them, and many people on social media complaining about it. Here's your chance to show and prove. WorldAfropedia.com is a black-owned and operated encyclopedia. There are several thousand articles, but we need help. We can't uncover all the truth ourselves. So please, join us and become a writer, editor, or blogger for WorldAfropedia.com today. Every little bit counts. We owe it to the future generations to put the truth out there. Visit WorldAfropedia.com, the African-centered encyclopedia, a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding. WorldAfropedia.com. I'm not sure anymore. Just how it happened before The places that I knew Were sunny and blue I can feel it deep inside This black nigger's pride I have no fear when I say And I say it every day Every nigger is a star Every nigger is a star Who will deny that you and I And every nigger is a star This is the Wendy's off of 62nd in Sheridan. Last Thursday, a family came here for dinner and their kids ordered kids meals. But one of the kids got a card inside that meal, a card that had the N-word and other derogatory sayings on it. It wasn't the largest protest, but the people in attendance were passionate about the matter, especially the mother of the child who received the card. I had to explain to my child what the N-word means, and she's never heard that term before. We blurred out most of the card since it's not friendly for TV. According to Wendy's, two employees wrote the racist remarks and put it in the pack of cards. My child is now very aware of what racism is and what that word means. And it's because of this card. This is something that is not um, the culture of Wendy's. You know, we took this very seriously. We immediately um, investigated and identified the two employees that were involved. They no longer work for Wendy's. Once the employees were fired, Wendy's apologized to the family. They accepted our apology, and, um, you know, we, we offered our condolences. I don't accept the apology because I'm fully aware of what racism is in this country. So obviously some differences on whether that apology was accepted. The family says it would like a formal apology, especially for their children, and they would also like to see Wendy's corporate enact better anti-racism training. We're in Arvada tonight. I'm Kevin Torres, Fox 31 Denver. It's not racism. Through a North City church. It is the latest in a string of church fires in less than two weeks. Fox News' Kim Hudson reports the congregation still plans to hold services at its place of worship tomorrow. I was baptized at New Life. Valerie McMiller joined this church when she was just eight. My children, who are now 13 and 14, were baptized here. But Saturday morning, 
Her North St. Louis church burned like four others in the last nine days. It, it is arson. It's, it, these are being intentionally set. Um, you know, they're at doors. These things aren't, uh, it isn't spontaneous combustion, so they're not occurring on their own. Pastor David Briggs got that call around 5 a.m. I started praising God, just thanking him that no one was in the building. St. Louis Fire, regional bomb and arson, and federal ATF investigators looked for any link between this and other church fires in Jennings and North City. Hold on to the memories that, that we have or whatever, but you know, also be excited about our new journey. Pastor Trigg says he does not know when his members will be able to go back inside this church, but he did tell me that the church already has a new building. Move-in is set for next month. As for the ones who may have burned this church. I have prayed for them. I have forgiven them. And I don't want the communities to be angry. I don't want the churches to be angry because it's in these moments when our character is tested. So Sunday morning, members will just gather on the lawn and turn this scene into a church once again. In North St. Louis, Kim Hudson, Fox 2 News. Now, New Life Missionary Baptist Church will hold Sunday service on the lawn. As Kim said, members will gather at 11 a.m. on the corner of Plover and Bircher. Investigators ask anyone with information on these recent church fires to call Crime Stoppers. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Sunday, October 18th, 2015. So I have been told uh, this is our once a month early broadcast on racism, white supremacy. Again, the whole purpose of this program to try to encourage some of the folks that we have uh, listeners uh, who listen to the program who are outside the United States uh, and also to encourage folks uh, who are in the States or wherever else you happen to be. If you listen to the program, if you listen live or if you listen to the archives, but you are not able to call in during the normal time that we're on uh, because it's a little bit later in the day. Um, this is the program where folks can have an opportunity to chime in, participate. Uh, if there are things you'd like to uh, touch on. We, this is another program where we're not doing uh, area eight. But uh, definitely uh, encourage folks to chime in if they have things they would like to share, observations from the past week, uh, whatever you would like to touch on related to racism, white supremacy. Feel free to chime in. Uh, the number to dial 641-715-3640. The code five six four. Nine, four, three, pound. Press star six if you would like to participate. I'm trying to work out when we got the new number uh, a month or so back. They switched our Skype line, so I'm trying to see if I can uh, get if they even have an option for people to use Skype to dial in anymore. Uh, but I know the previous Skype setup does not work, so I'll try and see if we can get that uh, corrected. Uh, we do have the vote line if folks want to dial in that way, but feel free to chime in if you have things you would like to share. Uh, we should be back. Number one, we should have some programs that are on uh, much like this outside of our normal bro uh, broadcast time. Uh, in the upcoming days, uh, we should have a black male uh, in the area of the world known as Germany on the program. We've had folks from Germany on with us before. Uh, to talk about the quote-unquote immigrant situation 
uh, in Europe right now and how that is impacting uh, the way that people are talking about racism, white supremacy in that part of the world. Uh, also, as I said, Angela Merkel, prime minister in Germany, she had, I think within the last month or so, she had made some comments basically saying that Germany is not going to be the uber white nation it is now moving forward in the future, that that is not going to be the case. And obviously, a lot of white people were not pleased at all. <laughs> they were uh, furious. They were mad at her for saying such a thing. Uh, they do not support such a thing. Um, I was going to ask Dr. Welsing about that. When she was on the program a few weeks back, uh, we just didn't have time for it. But she was talking about that as well uh, and what that means, uh, even connecting that with the theory of white genetic annihilation. But that should be in the uh, coming coming days this week uh, at some point. Just check Black Talk Radio Network or you can check the Facebook page uh, to get the exact time. But with the time difference, it is going to be earlier than our uh, typical broadcast time. And we're still hoping we can get Mr. Leo Muhammad back on the program to discuss his uh, trip to the Justice or Else March in D.C. last week, uh, what his observations were, and I think he, or at least I hope everything is safe and he's back in the U.K. now, um, so he can kind of give us uh, his view on, on what he's seeing in that part of the world as well on, on the so-called migrant situation and racism, white supremacy, how it's operating there. Anywho, uh, real quick, just on the clips that we heard at the beginning, um, the Wendy's segment, uh, I try to do my part as often as possible to uh, discourage uh, folks from eating out because this happens all the time. Uh, black people going out and having their food messed up or in fact it happens all the time that these incidents are on the news or it gets reported. Somebody makes a Facebook post or something online that goes viral and gets a lot of attention that happens regularly i'm sure it is even more frequent when it's not caught uh when whomever if it's wendy's as was the case in this situation papa john's has been there before i remember there was a case at the end of 2012 it was a black uh couple uh male female they were older uh over i think they were in their like 50s maybe late 40s but they went to a pizza restaurant uh, in Pennsylvania, and I think they were, you know, they had some paraphernalia associated with President Obama because it was right around election time, right? When he won re election, I think they had some paraphernalia uh, supporting President Obama. We're talking about, you know, the election. They were pleased that he was doing well, or even I think at that point he might have already won re election. And then go to this pizza joint, and the white people get upset with them, like, you know, damn Obama, the sound clip, and they end up assaulting them. Uh, they end up throwing, I think, some some items at them. And the black female, she ended up having to go to the hospital to get stitches because she got uh, hit in the head. She got a really bad uh, laceration. This sort of thing happens all the time. There was that report I played from NPR. I think it was the summer of 2013. It was right in the middle of the Trayvon Martin murder trial. And uh, it was a black female. She went to a restaurant. They got really nasty with her. I think it was Michelle Martin. She works at NPR. She does All Things Considered, their weekend program. She said she was watching all this and the black female. Because uh, she said she, she looked like Rachel Gentel. I remember that was what she said in the segment. But she said they were being all nasty and rude to her. And it became this big kerfuffle on the line. Man, do whatever you can to minimize going out to eat. Uh, it is... <laughs> Under the system of racism, white supremacy, they have done tons of studies. Even white people have done studies documenting the racism that white people perpetrate against uh, black 
patrons uh, in the food industry. It's a whole chapter in Dr. Joe Fegan's book, uh, Two-Faced Racism. It's a whole chapter, I'm going to say that again, where he's talking about how whites have gotten so uh, sophisticated in the food service industry that they have uh, specific restaurant racist codes, things you say to alert the cook or to await, uh, alert the wait staff that, oh, these are some niggers. You know, if you want to mess their food over or take a really long time to get their order or both, or if you want to call them niggers on the receipts all the time. I know some people, they do a lot of traveling and uh, it's just, it's more challenging for them to, uh, I guess, you know, be able to prepare their own food uh, every time. If you're just, you're out and about, you're on the go and, and that sort of thing. But man, really do as much as we can that would be in economics too i think pam and i talked about this when she was on the program last week uh that's in economics as well that's one way you can save some money uh if you can find some black people uh that have their own uh businesses that are restaurants or places where you can get some food to take care of yourself nourish yourself healthy constructive food as best you can uh that would be uh what i would encourage but that sort of thing is it's all the time and i just i try to get those in as frequently as i can on the program just so there's a little mnemonic like oh yeah <laughs> this this could be happening to me and i don't even know it anytime that you you go out to eat so just keep that in mind the church fires i thought that was important too because uh from this summer if folks recall right after the charleston church massacre there were a lot of fires that were taking place some in south carolina they had one in tennessee they had one in virginia and sometimes it wasn't even fires uh they had the case where i think the white guy just went to the church and was yelling that he was going to kill the black people and banging uh on the building and what have you and they arrested him uh, i think they had one where they were uh someone had fired bullets at a black church it was uh, quite a few i think it almost got up to double uh figures uh where this was happening right in the days and weeks after uh the massacre in south carolina it got a little bit of attention and i mean a little bit of attention uh, i think the washington post and a few other uh kind of mainstream outlets did some reporting on it but it disappeared quickly uh there was no real follow-up who did this tying it all together putting this in context with the south carolina church shooting even if they're not directly connected like you don't have some a uh, plot of uh race soldiers who are organizing and doing all this together that could be the case but even if it's not uh, just putting that in context with the greater history uh, of how black churches have been attacked and what to do about all this it, it kind of at least in my view it faded very quickly uh from national attention and then to have this happening uh in st louis um Man, dangerous times uh, under the system of racism, white supremacy. I hope folks are uh, staying alert, staying safe. Uh, and since this is our Sunday broadcast, if folks, if you are going to church uh, and you're at a black congregation, this might be something worthy of discussion um, to just see what's happening. What do people think about this to just get some some conversation started? We're not that far removed from the 50 year anniversary of the uh, Birmingham church bombing um 1963 we're not that far removed it's a long legacy of this i would think you know there are people anybody that's listening might be something that you can bring up might be a way that you can uh bring up gingerly racism white supremacy at your congregation see if folks are receptive i would think they should be if they're you know these assaults on on these churches but yeah i know we have people that are in the missouri area uh, if you have additional information you would like to share uh please share share dial in let us know also in California, I think I mentioned this yesterday, in Oakland, which was a part of the racial dislocation, moving black people out 
Uh, we're going to take this property and you all are getting out. Uh, that they were, the white people had moved into an area and I guess they were kind of close to where a black church was and they were calling the police <laughs> saying that these niggas are singing too loud. We don't want to hear uh, all this racket uh, on a Sunday morning or whenever else uh, is going down. Uh, just, you know, something I think folks should definitely keep in mind, be uh, be aware of and be talking about if you're affiliated. Uh, last, just on the topic, I, I it is early. I'm on the West Coast, so it's just a little bit after 9 a.m. for me. Uh, but I did have uh, a quick moment to kind of check uh, the newspaper uh, before we went on the air and the New York Times, they had a post on the Charleston church shooting. Uh, yeah, here it is. Okay. It's after shootings, varying shades of recovery at Charleston church. Now, I don't know if this is a white person or a non-white person. It's Richard uh, Fawcett. I don't know who that is. I don't recognize that uh, this journalist, but uh, I didn't. I didn't even get to read the whole report. I got about halfway through it, and then it was it was time to get rolling. But uh, I can read a little bit so you can hear what I read. Uh, the Reverend Doctor Norval Goff Senior was standing on a Wednesday evening in the room where the massacre occurred at Emmanuel A.M.E. Church, readying himself to lead Bible study. A police officer was at the door, but for those who arrived, even strangers. There were no pat-downs, no metal detectors. They were all as welcome as Dylan Roof had been when he arrived on a Wednesday night in June, concealing his pistol and his intentions. If the visitors had come looking for a grand statement on racial reconciliation, one of the words I recommend people not use, the open door was it. At Bible study, surrounded by walls bearing scars of the mayhem, Dr. Goff expounded on the more routine topics of salvation and sin. All have sinned. Am I right about it? He said, pacing the floor. Is there a distinction between a big sin and a little sin in the Bible? Four months after one of the worst racially motivated massacres in recent American history, the members of this historic African-American church are laboring to return to the everyday rhythms of worship. But they also know that things will never be the same. This uh, <laughs> that paragraph ends and is interrupted by a pretty significantly sized photograph, color photograph of uh, Dr. Norval Goff Sr., uh, who's the interim pastor at uh, Mother Emanuel AME, and uh, he's nuzzling uh, a white woman, uh, and actually looks like he has been surrounded by one, two, three, four different white women uh, who are at the church, and looks like they might even have a cell phone out to to capture them. Well, obviously they did capture them <laughs> since they got the picture. Anyway, I think that's uh, deliberate as well on the part of the Times. Moving forward, many of Emanuel's 550 members are proud of the example. Of forgiveness they set for the world, the open heart that President Obama cited in his eulogy for the Reverend Clementa C. Pinckney, Emmanuel's slain pastor. But to worship at Emmanuel is also to resist a crime scene. Oh, excuse me. Uh, but to worship at Emmanuel is also to revisit a crime scene, a sacred space violated by a white gunman who took the lives of nine of their friends. In the fellowship hall on a post and a wood paneled wall, a few small rectangular cavities are visible, the places, members say, where investigators cut out the bullet holes. The members are also struggling with pain, hard feelings, and new questions about their future. 
the congregation which was founded in 19, excuse me, 1791 and forged in the crucible of slavery and racial oppression now finds its Sunday service studded with significant numbers of new non-black worshipers. They come out of solidarity, curiosity, or penance. We just felt the need to show our respect and our support, said Jill Wajno, 47, a white woman from Cincinnati who attended a church service with a group of vacationing friends. Man, I could vomit. We want things to change. The interim pastor is also a newcomer of sorts. Before the shooting, Emmanuel was one of 31 churches overseen by Dr. Goff in his role as an AME presiding elder, but he was not well known to many church members when he was appointed to take Mr. Pinckney's place. State Senator Pinckney. In recent days, some members of Dr. Goff's previous church in Columbia, South Carolina, have raised questions about his management of finances there, while some of the victims' families have expressed concern about how Emmanuel plans to distribute the roughly $2 million in donations sent by well-wishers. Arthur Hurd, a husband of one of the shooting victims, filed a lawsuit this month asking that the donations be placed into a trust, arguing that the church had been neither transparent nor forthcoming with information about the money. And even though some of the slain churchgoers' relatives famously forgave Mr. Roof during his bond hearing two days after the shooting, the sentiment is not universal. If I have to forgive him to go to heaven, said Willie Glee, 75, I'm going to end up in hell with him. That is a fantastic point to stop right there. I will stop and reread the sentence. If I have to forgive him to go to heaven, said Willie Glee, 75, I'm going to end up in hell with him. Right on. For Mr. Glee, that sounds like black self-respect to me. You can read the rest of this. I guess I can put it on my Facebook page or what have you if folks want to. Check out the rest of the scene. I think I'm about at the halfway point in the article where I stopped that. So you can pick up and uh, get more. That is fascinating on many levels. Reminded me, uh, our guest a week ago today, uh, Arno Michaelis, uh, the suspected race soldier. He was in the uh, former skinhead, he said, and all the other crude forms of practicing racism and terrorizing black people that he was engaged in. He said he and uh, sometimes if it would be he, he and nine other whites race soldiers uh, and they were out and about if they saw one black person oh yeah we'll go stomp him out beat him up uh now that he alleges he's reformed allegedly uh he said he went to uh ame church to uh, offer his condolences and to be there in support folks heard that last week that i think that was the creme de la creme that was the moment where i <laughs> said we need to stop that is wow uh white people then in my view this is race soldiering. They know what they're doing to have ways. I can't even imagine you're in a historically black church. You have this incredible moment of terrorism, uh, just mass carnage uh, at your facility. And you're trying to deal with that. You lose your pastor and all these other members and little children are, are witnessing this. And now you have the second wave, all of the sad and crying white people. I feel so bad. <laughs> I just want to support they're on vacation we're on vacation from Cincinnati in Ohio we couldn't go and support Tamir Rice's family we couldn't go and support John Crawford the third's family 
We couldn't go and support Tanisha Anderson. No, we had to go all the way down here to South Carolina. Say, yes, we're in solidarity and see if we can get a hug with some black people and take a picture so we can put that on our Twitter and Facebook and the New York Times can transmit that around the world. Mm. On the Sabbath, no less. Context of white supremacy. They have one other report, but I'm not I'm not going to read that right now. Uh, if folks would... Uh, oh, person that dialed in uh, with a hand up, I guess you're on the vote line. If you had commentary, feel free. And then if uh, other folks want to participate, feel free to chime in too. This is not our three-hour program. Get that in as well. I'm not a morning person, so this is not three hours. This is an hour unless something incredible happens and we're just having really constructive exchange, then we can uh, extend a little bit. But even then, I'm not doing three hours just because I am not a morning person. Maybe I would be if there was no racism. Uh, caller, did you have a uh, commentary? Hey, good morning, Gus. Uh, good morning to all the callers. I did have some um, commentary. Uh, I just voluntarily subjected myself to being in a room with a whole bunch of suspected racists. Uh, I was volunteering, trying to do, I guess, a good deed. And um, I found that I was in there with probably, it was like 97% white people um, out of maybe maybe 300 people or so. Anyway, I'm, uh, it's a Special Olympics type of deal, so it was a lot of uh, mentally challenged, uh, you know, white kids that were there. So immediately when I walked in a place, um, I knew that uh, I shouldn't be there. I shouldn't be there, but okay, I stuck with it. And um, I found myself, you know, cheering for mentally challenged uh, white kids in their uh, their athletic uh, events. And just a lot of people staring at me, just, you know, like I'm sure wondering why I'm there. Anyway, a uh, gentleman right before I left, he said something that was pretty interesting. Uh, he said, hey, thanks for coming out. Thanks for having the courage to come out here. A uh, white man said that to me. And uh, I kind of feel that, of course, there's a deeper meaning to that. Um, also, you know, I, um, I'm living in a predominantly white area right now. And I, I'm, I'm always curious to see I've never been to a, a white church or anything. I'm kind of curious like on a Sunday like today, like if I were to, you know, have my Bible in my hand and walk into one of those predominantly white churches, I'm sure they would prob practically shake me down and, you know, probably frisk me. But um, I, I just, I'm always curious. I've always had the curiosity, but I shouldn't want to subject myself to that type of uh, racism. But that's all I had. Thank you, everyone. Right on. Make sure I get my... Uh commendation in uh for going to support uh special olympics that is uh outstanding uh at least in my view i mean hey going out and, and trying to support community and rally and support the uh, athletes that were out there participating in the events that is awesome spectacular um even that is something i have done i in fact i can give an anecdote on <laughs> with the racism that i experienced because i coached basketball for two years uh for special olympics this was back when i was way 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 more confused about racism white supremacy but racism ended up being a problem there and souring my relationship i didn't even want to do it uh anymore as a result of racism uh, i think this was our it was our second year my second excuse me it was my second year um doing basketball coaching the basketball team and uh, we had predominantly black people on our team. I think we might have had one white 
player, maybe. Um, everybody else was black. Anyway, we were playing the game, and the other team was black. Coach was black, you know, mostly black people. Um, we were playing. The referee, though, was white. Uh, and there were a lot of other, because they had a lot of other events. If you've been to special events, right, they had basketball, and they track, and, you know, lots of other stuff. So we're doing the basketball thing. We're playing. Um, the kid, they take it seriously. Uh, the kids I was working with, they take it seriously. They were older. Some of them were like in their twenties and what have you. Um, so yeah, taking it seriously within reason and, um, something happened. Oh, one of our players scored. He, uh, he got fouled and he scored. So it should have been, in my opinion, a three point play. Cause he got hit as he was going up and he made the bucket. And I mean, this is special Olympics. Gee, it's like, what are, what are we talking about? Uh, and they were like, oh, no, 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 we're not calling a basket. You just get the foul. And I was like, what in the world? And I've officiated as well. Make sure I get that in. I've officiated not Special Olympics. I officiated uh, while I was in college for three years. I did training. I know how to officiate uh, basketball games. Um, I was like, what are you, What in the world? I didn't curse. I didn't pull a, a Bobby Knight. I didn't throw a chair on the court. I wasn't running around on the court. I was just like, what in the world? Like, he got fouled. How is that not, you know, how is that not a three-point play? <laughs> Anyways, at this point, I turned around. I'm not even looking at the court. I'm talking to one of my players uh, with my back to whatever they're doing, trying to tell them, you know, what I want them to do, where I want people to be, blah, 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 because they're about to sub in. The white official comes over and is yelling like, I don't want to hear anything else. I called a foul. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) I didn't go running you. I didn't go run at you. I didn't go put my finger in your face. I wasn't cursing. I didn't do anything like that. What are you doing running over here yelling at me in my face about what I said about a call? So I wait till the game is over. And I was like, you did a terrible job officiating. And uh, I really I I thought you were unprofessional. It was horrendous. And I walked away again. I didn't curse. I wasn't yelling. I wasn't fighting. None of that. All of a sudden, this white enforcement officer runs over and he's like, what are you doing? In fact, you get your kids and you get out of here. And I stopped and looked at him. and I said, get out of here for what? What did I do exactly? And he just looks at me like, oh, that's what you're going to do? Oh, oh. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking at him like, are you serious? Like, uh, I'm going to be arrested for what exactly? I'm going to be thrown out for what exactly? What is the charge? And our uh, our group leader, uh, who's with our whole team, she came, or actually her husband came over uh, and snatched me and walked outside. He was like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Uh, let's just go outside. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm never doing this again. I'm never coming up here again. I worked at the time I was working two jobs full-time grad this happened in charlottesville virginia i'm a uva alumnus and you all are just gonna come and talk to me like that like you have got to be joking i'll never do this and i did not i was like i will never do this again i was so disgusted uh with everything that happened uh our leader came out was just like yeah you can tell old race and they were older too so and they seemed to be a lot less confused about racism they were just like yeah you know what it is white people at the time i did not even have uh locks or cornrows. I had uh, a lot of hair. I was on my way to getting locks, which I did in in a matter of months from when this happened. But at the time, I just had my hair out. So it was just like massive afro <laughs> from a black person. And the referee, I would say, he was maybe. Uh, I'm yeah. This happened a while ago, so I guess I'll say he was maybe. Uh, he was definitely under six feet tall, little white guy, scrawny white guy. I'm well over six feet tall. She was like. Are you standing there with this massive afro uh, just standing there, even though you're not yelling, you're not cursing. Oh, my God. Wild Negro. We've got to do something. And uh, I, I was just fierce. But that is one special Olympic memory uh, that I can share. Horrendous racism ruins everything. But uh, again, commend commendation for uh, going out to support and uh, glad it wasn't worse than, 
you know, it could have been. I, I'm, I, I'm glad we were never in an environment like what you were saying, where it was like 70 percent white or predominantly white. We were never in that sort of environment. I probably would have lost interest in wanting to uh, participate much earlier. Um, I guess on the church thing, too, I, I have been in an, I have been to a predominantly white church one time and it was just very strange um nobody was nasty nobody was rude nobody said anything overtly racist it was just very very strange <laughs> being there uh, i don't i don't think i would want to ever do it again but it was just uh it was peculiar i would have to ponder a little bit more to to articulate the strangeness of it but nobody nobody said anything nobody did anything i didn't get patted down or you know anything like that but it was it was not an environment i would want to return to um other folks have commentary feel free to uh chime in anything uh we've chatted on if you have other observations things you'd like to share that is cool in the gang as well i did want to make sure i got in um one other anecdote just trying to uh remember things because i think it's important i think sometimes people wish as you get better information about what racism is and how it works uh sometimes it can be easy to uh, kind of look down on other victims of racism who are a little bit more confused and forget that we used to be in that same spot uh, earlier on. Uh, this happened uh, while I was uh, a college student. Uh, I had done a summer youth program uh, for a couple of years, actually. Uh, the first summer that I did it, uh, they asked us, yeah, they have all kinds of little auxiliary activities that you can get involved in. Uh, I think we had some sort of basketball camp. Uh, we had some group activities. We had a yearbook, or I, I don't even know what you call it, a summer book, memorabilia book. That's what we'll call it, a memor memorabilia book uh, for the summer uh, that just has, like, pictures of everybody that was there and stuff that we did uh, during the summer. Uh, I was the staff member that, like, facilitated that group. Uh, so all of the children that we had, students that we had that wanted to be a part of putting that book together uh, I was the one that was working with them telling them what to do da, 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 all that so the first time the first summer that I did this we did the book I'm not you know here to brag or what have you it was all right it wasn't anything like you know the New York Times is beating down my door like oh my god this is the best piece of journalism I've ever seen but we got it done right they participated the kids the children they had a good time they got to take pictures and help put it together get some of the graphics that we used and putting it together great we got it collated uh you know looked professional they had a little keepsake from the summer second summer uh i come back and uh we were picking right we sit down and everybody kind of picks you look at all the stuff that has to be done and if you have a particular interest you really like journalism or it's something you really do oh, okay let me do that or if you really like uh, sporting some of the sports activities. I really want to do that. I'll facilitate that. So we had new staff. Every, we had some people that returned who were there the first summer and we had some new people. Uh, I think the first summer that we did it, I think we might have had all black staff. I could be an error on that, but I, I do not recall any black staff members being with us that first summer. The next time around, it was a significant uptick. Uh, it was maybe half and half. Uh, whites do that and the vast majority of the students that we worked with were black it was maybe 100 students in the program maybe a little bit less but way 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 super black so uh, we're trying to pick you know who's going to do what and one of the new white staff members they're like hey this guy he's into uh, journalism that's what his major is why don't you do the book thing and I was just like wow you know normally, normally if you have returning staff and they're going to do they would get an option if you want to do that again you can do that but no big deal. It's other stuff to do. Whatever. I pick my other thing. We keep it pushing. So we, you know, get back. Uh, the summer is evolving, right? And you're supposed to start working on the book. People are checking in. Where's the book? Have you all been taking photographs? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, the white guy, he comes up and he's like, uh, 
hey man, if, if you want to work on the book thing, go ahead. I know you did it last year. Like I didn't mean to come in and, and take over, you know, your thing. I'm super confused about racism at this point, right? No, no knowledge at all. Uh, so I'm like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, he's like, you know, how did you do it last year? Now this guy's majoring in journalism, keep <laughs> in mind. Um, and I'm, you know, just telling him, hey, this is what I did. This we got the pictures. This is about how long it takes to uh, get everything processed. You have the prints that you're going to use, blah blah blah. Uh, you can take it over to the bookstore; they're collated for you, blah blah blah. And you know, use this. You can put it on their account, blah blah blah. The whole nine. This is about how long it took us to get it done. So I lay out, you know, what we did. He's like, okay, okay, okay. Uh, so it's getting close to the end of the summer. There are no pictures. There's no book. No nothing. <laughs> so uh, they're going to the white guy, like, you know, what's what's the deal? And so he comes to me and he's like, uh, do you know, you think you can help uh, get it together, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, you've got to be <laughs> like, uh, you came in like this guy was the smartest person ever. He knew exactly what was going on. He takes over and now we have nothing. And I'm supposed to come in and fix this. I wasn't thinking that this was racism, but I was just thinking this is way incorrect. Like I am not, I'm not feeling this and I'm not, I'm not motivated to step in and try to, to correct you know, something that's been done in a really half a fashion the whole summer. I don't really feel motivated. I don't feel like this is my obligation to correct this. But black staff members got mad at me. <laughs> they were like, uh, that Gus, I cannot believe that he's not going in to correct this. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This guy is a journalism major. This is his responsibility. If anyone should be upset with any, if we should be upset with anybody, it should be him. This is his fault that this did not get done the pictures i told him what to do i said we laid this out or at least i told him what we did last year he didn't do anything they ended with no book no nothing not a photograph nothing and somehow that ended up being my fault again i did not understand racism at the time so i was not attributing this to wow this is how white people can function with regards to racism white supremacy where they are automatically assumed to have expertise and what have you and he may have been he might be working for the new york times right now but he certainly was lazy and totally inept at getting this done on this particular summer. He got a total F because there was nothing, but they did not fuss and, and go at him in that manner. This was Gus's fault because uh, I didn't step up and clean up this white guy's mess. Um, I had been meaning to share on the program for a while, but I mean, man, the anecdotes uh, are endless within the system of racism, white supremacy. I could kind of see as somebody who wanted to take the angle. Well, it's for the children at the end of the day and they're black children. You should have done it just to get the black children their book. I guess you could kind of take that angle, but I mean, I was doing other stuff. <laughs> like, uh, man. Anyway, uh, my two anecdotes I've shared too. If other folks had things they uh, wanted to make sure they, they uh, got in, feel free. We have about uh, 20 minutes left. Anything popped up uh, in the news or projects folks are working on. Uh, I did get an update on workplace racism uh, from the person who wrote in, but I think I'll share that uh, next week uh, in case folks uh, who heard it, the situation that guy wrote in about having a black supervisor and, um, well, I guess having a black supervisor and a white supervisor, a direct white supervisor and some of the problems. He did give me an update, but I'll share that next Saturday on the compensatory call in. Uh, folks have anything else they want to make sure they got in? definitely uh encourage folks uh again uh number one 
I meant to say yesterday, producejustice.com, since I uh, talked about Mr. Fuller and some of the suggestions that he gave out. If you need a word guide, code book, producejustice.com. He was a little under the weather. Uh, he certainly didn't sound like his spirits were down when I talked to him. Uh, but he said just, you know, I guess like a cold, it is uh, switching transition uh, to colder weather. Uh, or uh, I think he said maybe a virus or whatever that was just going around. Um, but, you know, if you want to send a well wish to uh, Mr. Fuller, I'm sure he would uh, appreciate it. Uh, folks in the D.C. area, if you want to check in and see how he's doing, uh, might be cool. Um, Dr. Welsing, Welsing Institute, uh, for folks who want to participate in that, I think uh, she just did the one for this month a few days back, uh, the one that's coming up for November. Uh, that should be, uh, I think, the 12th, November 12th, if you're in the D.C. area and you want to go uh, check out Dr. Welsing. Uh, the Welsing Institute. It is free. It's on the campus of Howard University. It's at 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Uh, it is free. All you have to do is get the exact building. Uh, if you press me on it, I know I have it in my email. Uh, I can tell you the exact building uh, where it is, but folks should definitely go uh, and check it out. I've heard nothing but rave reviews uh, from people who've went uh, and kind of get to see some of the topics uh, that they address, or you can add your own questions uh, get her to uh, give direct commentary uh, if you have anything you'd like to share uh, on that or anything you want to bring up, get her views. Welsing Institute coming up November 12th. Uh, and we have uh, the Emotional Emancipation uh, and Healing Circles. Uh, I talked about those, I think, in September. Uh, one of our listeners, they're doing uh, these workshops on a monthly basis. Uh, they're going to be from, I think they already have meetings scheduled until the early part of 2016, unless I'm mistaken. Uh, I'm pulling up the uh, information right now. I can tell you the next one is going to be November 6th, Emotional Emancipation and Healing Circles. November 6th is the next one. This is also 7 p.m. Eastern. This is if you're in the New York area. Uh, you can contact Gloria Scott. I have the uh, number. I've posted the information on my Facebook page repeatedly. Uh, you can drop me an email if you need uh, direct info, but it should be coming up on November 6th, which is a Friday. November 6th. Uh, that's actually, I think, the first Friday in November. 7 p.m. Uh, to 9 p.m. Uh, this is in uh, New York City. Uh, so if you would like to go participate, this is exclusively for black people. This is not uh, what you heard in the New York Times report uh, where white people are uh, invited uh, and encouraged to come and participate and find a black person to hug. This is exclusive. And it's written that way on the flyer that it is exclusively for black people. This is a community self help group uh, coming up in November uh, and as I said they already have uh, these planned all the way into 2016 so the next one coming up is November 6th uh, participate if you need information let me know and uh, I guess again if uh, folks want to network uh, if you're in a specific area and you want to be in touch with other folks who listen to the cows try to do something constructive exchange views see if there's some projects uh, that you can work on uh, if you drop me a line and make sure that the subject says contact and then wherever you are geographically, if it's contact uh, Wisconsin, contact Washington, D.C., contact Miami. Uh, we'll try and uh, hook people up that way. I know there were uh, some folks in L.A. who had contacts. I think I was able to get their contact out to contact information to other people in the L.A. area. Hopefully they will uh, <laughs> meet up, exchange an, an email or what have you, and you all can uh, communicate, do something constructive. I have heard nothing. 
no bad reports thus far. All the people that have uh, told me that they have done this and contacted other people or what have you, it has been constructive uh, thus far, even uh, doing some projects, going out and trying to do something together, whether it was just meeting up in person and having constructive uh, exchange of views or going out and trying to do something to work with children or just other black people in the area. I've heard constructive things. So that is still an option. I'll try and do my part to uh, share on that end. Uh, we have uh, about 10 minutes, a little less than 10 left. If folks have anything they want to make sure they get in, uh, number again, 641-715-3640 and the code 564-943-POUND. Uh, press star 6 if you would like to participate. Um, I'd even been thinking with the sound clip that we heard at the top on St. Louis and then the report uh, we read from uh, about what's still happening uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, I would not be surprised when these white news crews, when they go out to uh, do their video or do their report, uh, if it's black people that have been mistreated, it's an obvious act of racism, white supremacy. I would not be surprised if they cut it like the black people are like, you know, I'm not on that at all. <laughs> I'm not forgiving, forgiving Dylan Roof. I think he should be dead right now. And, you know, I plan to go stomp on his gravesite or whatever. The people that take that position, uh, it could be that they're just not hearing that. I would not be surprised at all uh, if this is not uh, organic in terms of uh, black. people. I don't care how Christian they are. Uh, I would not be surprised at all uh, if white people are engineering this so that they are exclusively picking uh, black people who are saying, you know, I forgive and then really playing that up, downplaying the black people who, you know, reject that completely and say, I do not forgive these people. I do not forgive uh, white terrorists to victimize and abuse black people and they should not be forgiven uh, and just not giving them the same amount of attention. I totally think uh, that white people are doing that in the way that they cover these reports. It wouldn't even surprise me if uh, if the black, like the church that they were talking about in St. Louis, if that congregation had taken the position like in mass, they taken the position we, you know, this is ridiculous. This is an act of white terrorism. Uh, this is another illustration in a long running pattern of spiritual terrorism, physical terrorism against black people that white people have been committed to worldwide for centuries. Uh, if they had presented it in that manner, uh, this was Fox 2 News uh, in St. Louis. I would not be surprised if they say we're not even going to put this on television. <laughs> Whatever this. Yeah, we're, we're not even going to. Let's let's see if we can go find that footage about uh, Michael Brown stealing those uh, cigars or whatever. Let's see if we can put that one again. Like uh, it, it maybe that's not the case, but it would not surprise me at all. They are precision crafted with the way that they present uh, information, details, uh, pushing you in a direction about how you want to think and just the way that they make sure to frame things so that it always supports the system of racism, white supremacy. Uh, comments from folks uh, who want to get in? Uh, anything they want to get in before we get ready to wrap things up? We should have about seven minutes left before we wrap. Anything uh, folks want to share? Soon, folks are satisfied. Again, we should be back. Uh, hopefully, guests in the UK or beyond the UK, just folks that are outside the states, black people that are outside the states, um, hoping for Leo Muhammad. And again, we should uh, have a black male from Germany uh, on the program this week. Uh, those will all be earlier 
uh, program time. So just kind of be uh, tuned in. We'll uh, nail down the exact time as soon as it is confirmed. Uh, and any other programs, you can just check the Black Talk Radio Network and we'll have all the information there. Uh, if you get confused, you can drop an email until justice at gmail.com. You can follow on Twitter as well at until justice. Uh, definitely appreciate the folks who uh, have supported, invested down through the years. Listener supported counter racist radio. Racism hyphen notes dot blogspot dot com address again racism hyphen notes dot blogspot dot com paypal button in the top right corner uh, if you're not in the paypal drop us uh, an email and we'll get you a physical mailing address a uh, huge thanks to all the folks who have uh, invested down through the years I uh, hope the program has been and continues to be worthy of your time and energy um, quick note, since I did write uh, about this, uh, Viola Davis's uh, television program, How to Get Away with Murder, uh, that I ceased watching uh, and would not encourage anybody else to watch. I've been pleasantly pleased to see. Uh, I was curious about the ratings. That does not require watching the television show. You can just look uh, the day after the show comes on to see what the ratings were. The ratings for the show have plummeted every week since they started this uh, anti-sexual behavior and having Viola Davis uh, having her in a sexual relationship with a white woman the ratings have dropped every week since they started doing that which <laughs> I don't know if that's black self-respect I don't know if that's black people that are saying oh my god I don't want to support this and tuning out um, people have been offering theories as to what's going on as to why the ratings uh, keep falling but that is one that I have seen consistently uh, that some people are saying that they think uh, that there's a lot of gay sex and there's been a lot of uh, the anti-sexual behavior, the homosexual activity, there's been a lot of it. Uh, now having it with the main character, that, that uh, people might not be accepting of that. Uh, people had other theories as well, but I'm hoping the ratings continue to drop. Uh, I'm sure Viola Davis, she'll get you know, other opportunities, other work and what have you, but I'm, I'm hoping that they will take it off the air soon and that'll be that. <laughs> if uh, folks are all good, uh, we are Almost at the end. Uh, I hope folks have a constructive week. Uh, definitely make sure that we uh, are talking to our children about racism, white supremacy, and particularly with the holiday season, I would definitely say uh, be having conversations uh, just because a lot of things happen uh, in connection, whether it's Halloween, Christmas, all the, the nutty things that are going on. Uh, just be mindful. Uh, I remember last year, even this year, I don't even have to go to last year, even this year, they've already started with a lot of the racist uh, costumes that they do every year. And a lot of that stuff happens on college campuses or schools, even at the high school level. They're still uh, participating in a lot of this just so that your child is not caught off guard. Uh, if they see any of this zany behavior, just let them know uh, just to be prepared, particularly with Halloween. White people really look forward for the opportunity uh, to be as trifling and tacky as they can be. It would not anything. It would not surprise me at all. Uh, they are dressing up as Michael Brown or Darren Will, anything. Uh, just make sure you talk to your children about that so they're not uh, caught off guard and just let them know what the deal is. Uh, and, and you can even use that, in my opinion, you can use that in terms of why we should have nothing to do with any of these holidays ever. <laughs> like It doesn't have to be a, a this is a response to white people not doing anything. Just 
these holidays and what they represent have nothing to do with the production of justice and eliminating white supremacy. If anything, they reify and support the ongoing abuse of black people, the system of racism, in my view. And I think that's very apparent. We've covered these topics uh, consistently and you can get reading material for sure. Uh, Ishaka Musa Barashango outstanding uh, books. I had even uh, thought about making a little sound clip so that I could play some of the lectures that he's done talking about the books that he's written about this African people and European holidays, a mental genocide. He's written two different books uh, that are outstanding. I have both of them. Uh, He has videos as well uh, that are on uh, YouTube. I think he did like a two hour uh, lecture that kind of combines both of the books and he kind of goes through Uh, the holidays and why I mean it's just insanity uh, for us to participate and really at the end of the day you can also if you just want to boil this down to the logistics of it this is about the use of time and energy Uh, that's something that I really try to encourage folks to review regularly how are we investing our time and energy under the system of racism white supremacy is it really is this really in our best interest to go and spend money to dress up like a hobgoblin and stomp around handing out candy that is no good for anybody high fructose corn syrup and all this other nonsense is that really in our best interest if we're about producing justice and doing things that are constructive and I mean you can add all of them is this really in our best interest to go out and worship some uh, fat man who trespasses on people's property sneaking and sneaking in uh, people's residence allegedly to leave uh, goodies and presents and what is this really in our best interest to go about the business of replacing white supremacy with justice it's just about the way that we use time and energy white people are very good uh, at structuring things so that we don't even we don't even think we don't even question about the way that we're using our time and energy which invariably strengthens their system and helps them maintain domination over us so you can present it from that angle too but i really think uh since the first one that's coming up right around the corner with halloween just pull up some of those images that have already started to show where you've got all ages of white people from toddler all the way to 80 years old uh who are just doing all kinds of tacky and savage things and justifying oh it's halloween oh i I didn't it's it's not a person being lynched it's just part of halloween i saw that happen this week as well like i said be on the lookout if they say oh i'm gonna dress up as sandra bland be on the lookout they have a long history of that i think before they were dressing up as as trayvon martin and george zimmerman i remember that from 2012 in my i haven't I haven't heard feedback from people who've tried it that way, but that's a suggestion for the way that you can present it to if you have black children uh, to get them to kind of rethink the way that they process. uh, And if they have a strong connection to these holidays, because I do know if you have children and uh, if they've been doing participating in these holidays from the time that they were young, uh, if you have those memories, they end up having really strong connections. It can be kind of difficult for children to kind of let go of some of that stuff if they've been doing it and looking forward to it. They have a great time with, you know the Easter money or oh man you get to go dress up and you know get our candy or you know all the other stuff and spending time with family that's that's one of the things white people in terms of how they control our use of time and energy we will allow you a little extra time if you want to hang out with your family members and what have you nothing incorrect about that that's great to be able to spend time with family but uh, that's something we can do you know we can make time to do that other than Christmas other than Thanksgiving other than when white people say oh, okay you should go hang out with your family in recognition of one of our horror days 
that's the way that I would uh, present it if you uh, have children and being patient. That's one of the things, too, that I think if you can plant that seed, it might not kick in at an early age, particularly if they're around other children who are doing it. That can be Ooh, that can be a real, uh, real challenge if they have a lot of other uh, childhood friends and they are all actively uh, engaged in all these holidays. That can be a big draw for children. But if you can at least plant the seeds as they get older, as they mature, as they get a better understanding of racism, white supremacy, it can kick in uh, down the road. I've seen that and that might have even been the case for me because <laughs> I think I was I was big into those holidays early on. And then the information started to seep in and, you know, I saw the incorrectness of all of that. Anywho, uh, that is our broadcast. We'll be back later in the week. If you get confused, you have questions, you can't find something in the archive, you have a gripe, complaint, feel free, drop an email until justice at gmail.com. On Twitter again, at until justice. Uh, we should be back uh, within a few days. Thanks to all the folks uh, for tuning in. Hope you got something constructive and should be available on uh, iTunes. Stitch. I emailed the people at Stitcher, the folks who had written me about that. It was quite a few folks. I have written them. I have not heard back. I've been checking my mail. I haven't heard back. They haven't uh, contacted me or what have you. I will write them again uh, to see what the issue is. But even without Stitcher, iTunes is current. It's up to date. Uh, you can also uh, get the archives on TuneIn. They have apps for all of that. So you can get it if you're on your mobile device or your tablet or whatever else. Uh, you can access the archive content there. But if you can't find something, just let me know. And I should be able to hook you up if you're looking for a previous guest. Uh, again, let's do everything we can to minimize contact with enforcement officials buckle up when you get behind the wheel no intoxicants no alcohol anytime if you're going to be the driver if you're going to be the passenger even if you're going to be a pedestrian uh i would encourage sobriety uh race soldiers they look for any reason uh, to cause us problems difficulties you want to be sober lucid clear thinking so you can make the best possible decision to protect yourself protect uh, your family uh, if you you know have responsibility for other folks you want to be able to uh, you know just use logic uh, to make the best possible choice to take care of yourself uh, in that vein let's make sure we're not around white people that are under the influence that is a dangerous environment you really are taking your uh, your life in your hands uh, things can spiral out of control real real fast I would even encourage caution about being around other non-white people who are under the influence uh, just it presents an environment that is rife with a lot of easily avoidable problems that said creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. No helping white people at any time for any reason to the best of our ability. No Helping white people, not holding the door, not even ketchup. Context of white supremacy signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, What's your brother. Problem? You're a victim. Man, I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up.
A man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>